This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here once again with Chris Valente. Chris, how are you? Uh, great, Rob. How are you? Uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, our Cal Ripken, Lou Gehrig-like uh, streak came to an end. Uh, yeah, sometimes, like you said, you need a day off. That doesn't work well here in New England, the no days off mentality. But uh... Well, that and like we have jobs and it's like, oh, crap. Like th- it takes a lot. Lo- it takes a while to like get people to do it and then they reschedule and we we had one lined up but then we they reschedule and that kind of stuff happens and you know it just is like remember this is like a it's a passion, passion project, project. Yeah, yeah passion project so Side people game. are stuck with us that's fine yeah that's all right we had a good week had a great week yeah we had a great week i mean uh we had a new uh country come on board which you share with me afghanistan which- Afghanistan is so more listening? people listen to us in Afghanistan than they do in Alabama. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, it just goes right up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you can pound sand, literally Alabama, with Afghanistan. So <laughs> go pound all the sand. <laughs> they um, so cheers to Afghanistan if you're listening. Yeah, cheers, to Af- cheers to Afghanistan. Hopefully, we we are assuming it's a military member uh, stationed over God there. Bless so. The military. Cheers and thanks for your service. If not, we should then... put a thing out on um, social of like all the countries that listen to us. I actually was thinking about that. I was like talking about we got to do a like. Did you know front office features is in? I don't know. I think we're in like thirty countries now. Do you remember that in Sports Center back in like the nineties? The Did you know? Oh, at the very end. That of was course. the best part of the whole thing. I watched Sports Center on repeat probably <laughs> Same twenty thing. times. Like and I remember when Chris Berman would do it occasionally. That was like a special oh occasion. God. And then and that baseball was awesome. tonight was must-watch television. Baseball I watched, tonight was unbelievable. I watched baseball tonight every single night and just would you be down. To. And like you had to, and like you saw that. That's how you saw Griffey and Randy and Pedro. It was, un- and it was, it was awesome. Dude. It was phenomenal. Carl Ravitch, what they a show! Had, it was a great show. And then when they had like Craig Kilborn and uh, Keith Olbermann. Doing all the uh, well, doing uh, well back in the day was Dan Patrick day, and Keith Olbermann. Remember uh, they were Stuart's, like the big ones. Was Stuart Scott like Stuart Scott? Yeah, old school Sports Center was Linda, sick. It Linda Cone. Yeah, that's where. But yeah. there was no internet, so you couldn't see highlights unless you watched Sports Center. Yeah, you had to get your sports highlights through Sports Center. Like when you were sick in like middle school. Oh, at least the best. It was the best. You just watch Sports Center literally on repeat. It was on from 7 a.m. till noon. On the, it, was a, it was only a half hour, and it was the same show on Over repeat. and over and over again, and you would just <laughs> continuously watch it. But I remember waking up and being excited to watch SportsCenter because I would, that's when I would find out if my team won or lost because you didn't have internet. You couldn't like open up a computer and see that. You had to watch SportsCenter to see if your team won or lost. 
Yeah, right. And the bottom yeah, line, the bottom line was like, oh, wait, where's the score? Oh, we won. Like, it was like that whole, like, <laughs> like oh, the Red Sox win. No, it was. Well, uh, back then it was yeah, Yankees. Old School but... Sports Center was, was, was awesome. So um, you were at the Super Bowl. We got some very good pictures uh, from you at the uh, at the Super Bowl. Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah, I would say the pictures didn't do it justice for the mayhem that was South Beach. Uh, it was crazy. It, the oceanfront, Ocean Ave, I think it's called, was yeah. shut down. Everywhere it was you shut walked, down, all you could do was, was walk. Just, everywhere you walked was just an absolute crazy party. You turned to a bar; it was raging. I actually walked out of my house. This was funny. I, I'm my house. I walked out of my hotel, and right in front of me is DraftKings's house, which is their bar that they had a takeover for for the whole entire weekend. And I was like, "Oh, hey guys, what's up?" And like hung out there for a while. But um, it was just, it was great. You, you was still a, know a bunch of people there. Everybody. So like public, general public getting you know, on one side, and the you know the VIPs, if you know the right people, are on the other side. Um, so I was hanging out with those folks, catching up, and then uh, got to do some. Where I was sending you guys those pictures uh, Friday night was with my uh, AB compadres, uh, Anheuser Busch, uh, James D'Angelo, who used to actually work for me back in the Devils in Lowell, is become like a pretty higher up at, at AB, and he we we were like, hey, you in town? I'm in town. Let's get together. They had the Bud Light Music Fest going on, which was Snoop Dogg and Guns and Roses. So I was oh, I was there. And, You're uh, sending me unbelievable videos. I know the Snoop Snoop Dogg Snoop, was awesome. Snoop doing Biggie songs was the highlight of my night. As soon as I came on, I was I, like, was I was sitting like watching TV. And you're sending me this. I was like, "Aim, this could be us right now." <laughs> Instead, we're sitting on the couch. You weren't watching nothing. a movie, though, were you? Of course, I wasn't watching a movie. <laughs> Who knows what I was doing? So I saw. As soon as he started playing Biggie, I was like, "Oh my god, this is for Rob." <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I have more videos of that for you. And then he played a Tupac cover. He played a Fifty Cent cover. He played all his hits. He was great. Uh, Guns and Roses came on, which we just actually announced for Fenway uh, in July. I'm gonna have to say they were just okay. Would be yeah, I guess politically. That, that's one where I'm like, I bet they sound old. Slash was unreal. He could yeah, slam he the guitar. St- right. That's not like a skill you lose, right? You just no. it's like riding a bike, maybe. I would. Uh, Axel's voice, eh, not not the greatest. Um, back in the but it was cool to see Guns N' Roses. It's cool to see Guns N' Roses. Yeah, people go uh, back in the day. Axel had like the voice. He was like the oh my voice God. of the eighties. He could he hit every note. So then I'm like, oh, this has been a good night so far. And then my buddy James is like, hey, just on the down low, I also got a table at Live, which is the big club down there in Tiesto for all you young folks. I've sent in that pictures. Uh, was playing forty five thousand dollars to get these tables to what? bring. $45,000 to sit at a table to watch Tiesto? Who the hell's Tiesto? Uh, apparently, he's a D- major, major DJ. And he's, a, he's got a Vegas residency. I even even I know who Tiesto is. I don't never go to Tiesto, but I know who I'm he the wor- is. I'm the worst at this. I'm the worst at this game. So, like, when I was telling other people, like, younger people in our office that I went to Tiesto, they were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So, we got these tables. It gives you, like, a $20,000 credit for your bar tab. So forty five grand gets you twenty grand to use towards your bar tab. Blow by that because you got everyone's ordering like Ace of Spades champagne for fifteen hundred dollars a pop. It was crazy. It was we were out all night, had a blast. Got got back to my hotel, crashed for like I don't even know. Uh, 
not even really crashed probably got on the plane came home and like in my phone i was saying that the transition of life went from i'm holding a, a bottle of ace of spade chugging it to the next picture on my phone is me on my couch with my two my one-year-old daughter laying <laughs> on me. i was like it couldn't have been a more polar opposite of what i was doing probably 12 hours before that so uh, did you get any business done or you just yeah like no so it was drinking. great so the so the ab folks they, they they roll deep so i i met this i was in town to meet with buffalo wild wings uh my contact i met while i was with ab the cmo of buffalo wild wings he's like oh hey man i heard we're talking about to you guys i'm like hey nice to meet you met the cmo of hooters great and the coo of topgolf and he was of the, taco bell what'd you say did you say of taco i didn't no, hear what you said topgolf Oh, Top Golf, yeah, Top Golf, so, different than Taco. Yeah, a little bit said, different than Taco Bell. I said Taco, like Taco Bell. So, and he was like, "Hey, we need to connect. We need to. We, we're, we're on the down low. We're bringing a location to Boston, but we should talk." And so, I mean, from a production standpoint of meeting folks and networking, fantastic. Uh, That's awesome. But yeah, also no. bringing Top Golf to uh, Rhode Island. I, I I I heard that as well. So overall. We'll go to the Super Bowl every year just because of the people that we see and meet and are able to network with because everybody in sports marketing is there, and it's just a very convenient location. Next year's Tampa, a little different scene in Tampa, but uh, very productive 48 hours. It's a whirlwind. You're in, you're out, but up next is the spring training trip in a couple weeks, which is a little bit more low-key because it's more confined with our partners, but um, looking forward to warm weather. You... Uh you're you're living a good life right there, buddy. Is uh, going to the Super Bowl, getting some deals done, and then uh, headed to Fort Myers, coming in here for spring training. You're so doing Fort all right. Fort Myers, for anyone who's never been, JetBlue Park is f- amazing. Like the JetBlue Park, Park, great park. It's unbelievable. Uh, Fort Myers is strip malls and fast food. So like a couple good days and you're out. But the place we stay, I mean, we stay at the Hyatt Bonita Springs or whatever. It the Grand, it's unbelievable our partners get very well taken care of we charter a jet blue flight for all of them they get they get flown down um on the flight all inclusive paid for drink as much as you want eat as much as you want go to the yankees red sox game on saturday there's a casino night with our players where you get to go hang out with um the whole team meet them take pictures the whole nine yards and then we fly you back on sunday and you get four days in the sun and all paid for by your red sox sponsorship so yep Sounds good. You're you're doing all right. You're well, you'll doing be doing right. that trip too. Don't pretend like that trip's not coming up for the Worcester Red Sox. Yeah, we're, we'll 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 send them away for the Worcester uh, with the Worcester Red Sox. We're doing a spring training trip too. So it's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about today. So we are hiring. We are hiring. The Pawtucket Red Sox are hiring. We are hiring a sponsor services person, and we are hiring ticket salespeople. The way that we have found people thus far has been awful. We've gotten brutal candidates who obviously do not listen to front office features. Of course not. And uh, they have been terrible. So I am putting out an APB, if you will, (laughs) of saying we are looking for people, someone to service our sponsors and and a few folks to sell tickets for us. And these jobs could lead to full-time jobs as we transition to Worcester. Right now, they are hourly plus commission for the sales ones. And they could lead to uh, full-time gigs. So if you listen to this podcast and you need a job and you are looking for either sponsor services, we even have a hospitality job too, um, 
sponsor services, hospitality, ticket sales. We're looking for those positions. We want to hire good people. The people who listen to this podcast, good people. Great Email people. me. Email me. R Crane, R C R A I N at pawsocks.com with your resume. Dying. We're dying. We're dying for good folks. Uh, use some of the things, advice that we've given you, uh, and use it on me uh, because we are, uh, we are in the need for some good folks. Well, they also should listen to the last podcast where you explained how not to interview with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Can I also tell you another pet peeve? Though this guy got, uh, you know, was able to uh, redeem himself. If you're applying for jobs, okay, and you are actively pursuing, and you have talked to somebody, if you're not going to be available to answer your phone, I get it. But make sure your voicemail box isn't full. That's absurd. Right? That, it's just, that's a pet peeve. If you're, pet, you're, like, you're applying for delete jobs? The, the, delete, delete the voicemails. That's not that hard, right? No. And if you're applying for jobs and someone calls you back, you better be able to get a voicemail to, from that person to call them yeah, back. I can understand why you don't answer the phone, right? You have another job. You're doing stuff. I get that part. Don't worry. That's not the issue. The issue is I can't leave you a voicemail. Like, that, empty your voicemail box. So speaking of last week's episode, we were, you and I were talking before we, we launched uh, tonight. That was a very well-received episode. That was the most positive feedback of a episode you and I have done uh, in front office features thus far. Well, we brought the passion because you were in a murderous rage. So that I, was I that. was I was not thrilled that day. You were you were ready to murder. Um, the 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 live <laughs> advice I think went really well, which leads to the next point of if you're out there and you want to be the next guinea pig and the next. Nicholas Burns and take us on two on one. Then reach Let's out. Let's do it. Yeah, Come we've on, had on a board. People reach out though. Uh, wanted to do it, and uh, we're gonna take them up on it because it's fun. You know, we should do this at like a bar. Yeah, that way we can. I like drink. bars. I like bars too. Right. So um, that's been fun, and I think too. I've had some folks also like reach out and say, "Hey, I'm trying to." Uh, get XYZ job and or I'm going for an interview. Uh, I've been utilizing some of the things that you've been saying. What would you do in X situation? And I was like, huh, you know, that's that's good. Like someone said this. What do you what do you think about this? A, a guy I uh, e- emailed me or direct messaged me something like that, and said, um, I'm applying for a job. I got the interview, uh, but I don't have a ton of experience, right? It's an internship job. Yep. And he's nervous uh, about going into the interview without having tangible experience. What kind of advice would you give to a person who doesn't have, like, that deep knowledge base uh, and experience, especially early on? So it's all how you present the bottle of wine, right? We talk about that. So if you're not loaded with the experience, and most people aren't, I mean – at the early stages in your career, unless you've been a really go-getter and been out there doing crazy internships all over the place, which we, that's why we tell you to do that, you better be able to explain fully why you're the right person for that job with not some generic bullshit. Like, right? We, like, right. I was talking to actually somebody you put me in touch with this week about the FSM Associate Program, and they have the Hire View coming up, which is due, I think, in the next two days. And they're in the same situation. Like, well, how do I present why I'm good for sponsorship sales if I've only been in ticket sales. Same scenario, right? Yep, same thing. You have to be able to tell 
a very concise, direct story of what you were able to bring and why you want that job versus the, you know, I, it'd be really great to work for the Boston Red Sox and I've always been interested in sponsorship sales and I think I could learn a lot. Okay, yeah, no. you've just told me what we're going to be able to do for you. What can think, you do for me? Right, and I think too is you got to flip that conversation of the value that you bring, right? How do you take your experiences selling tickets into selling sponsorships in this particular case that you just said, right? In my opinion, and the good ticket salespeople, they're grinders, right? Because they got to go pick up the phone a hundred times. And if you can say, "Look, man, I'm going to grind through the tough parts of sponsorship sales because I have the experience of making 80 calls a day for the last six months because I was doing ticket sales," like that's a positive thing. That's of value to the hiring person. Yeah, and I, I think people need. I think people cut their teeth in ticket sales, and you learn how to sell something that someone really doesn't need right it's a want people want to have tickets they don't need tickets so the biggest transition i think you would agree with this from ticket sales to sponsorship sales what i think is the hardest adjustment for most folks is the transactional nature of ticket sales to the process of a sponsorship sale i don't think people always quite understand that uh, of how many years like you do a ton of work in sponsorship sales and you may get two or three deals done Right. Which if, if that's your if that's your ratio in ticket sales, you're done. You're out, right? Like that's, yeah, right. it's, it's not going to happen. Doing two or three deals uh, in a morning, right? So it's a very it's a very different mentality of being able to be patient and laying the groundwork for a lot of stuff that just never ever happens. And you sometimes are like, wow, I'm doing a lot of work and nothing is happening. Yeah. Like, and and I think too, no matter going back to kind of the experience side of this, right? There's just you know, I've been working at a grocery store. How are you going to take that experience and then put it into someone's got to give you a shot, right? Someone's got to give you an at bat. But taking that and making it in relevant uh, to the position that you're doing because you're not, you know, you you are you're, you're not unique, right? A lot of people have that same. No, uh, I think you're behind the eight ball. Up. You're behind the eight ball for sure. But I think if you have enough conversations and do enough networking to actually get the answers from the test, which we always talk about. So like they have that yeah. call with you and ask you what to say. You're going to tell them what to say. Like I told the person that you connected me with, Toby, for the FSM interview, I was like, here what you should, what you should say. This is exactly what we're looking for. Regardless of your sponsorship sales experience or not, this is what we want to hear, that you're very, extremely well-educated on what we are and what we do, that we're not just the Boston Red Sox. Like what else does FSM do? And what else do we own? What else do we represent? Whatever uh, verticals within FSM are there, consulting, events, destinations, etc. And then at the end of the day, beyond being like, oh, I think we're a great organization. Why do you want to work with us? Like, what is it about FSM that attracts you? Those you don't need experience in. You just need to do really good research, have a good mentor that's helping you along the way, and be prepared to answer directly, concisely, and be done. And like, that's it. That's one of the things that we talked about too is research, 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 right? Like research the organization, research the people that you're going to be speaking with. And when you see, when you're doing research about the company, you might see them like, hey, they did this project. Remember when we talked, this was a while ago, um, like a 30, 60, 90 plan? Yep. Um, 30, 60, 90 day plan. What would you do in your first 30s? What would you do in your next, in the next 60 and then 90? Um, I said, look up what they're trying to do and then do like a little white paper on 
the efforts that they're putting out there and how you would put your spin on that. No matter if your spin is right or wrong. Effort. It's effort, right? They don't expect you to know all the details of the ins and outs of the company because you have no idea. But it does show that you put in effort. It does show that you research the company. If you researched them, uh, when I say them, the hiring uh, person, then like you are leaps and bounds ahead of everybody that's ever existed. I mean, that's come through the door and you are memorable. It'll still be like, I bet that guy works or that gal works really hard. Um, and I think that will show you, show them the value that you could bring, though you don't have the experience. I mean, it, it's, it's really not rocket science, right? And like, <laughs> quite frankly, we're in the sports industry. You're not interviewing with rocket scientists either. <laughs> so <laughs> I raised my hand for that. So one. like, we just want to be, we just want to be like in a situation where we sit down and talk to you and you come across as a person that we could see ourselves being around on a regular basis, but that you just have these little intricacies that you are able to mention that separates you from the pack. Like Toby did a great job of telling like, Hey, I've been reading about your bowl game. I guarantee you, there's so many people who are going to do this higher view that's due to be in our program that don't bring up that the college bowl game is coming to Fenway Park and Fenway Sports Management is running it. Like that is an easy layup because it's everywhere. It's on ESPN.com. Yeah, it, you, you're able to – and just go to Fenway, I mean, FSM.com or whatever. My mom now tells people if they want to – before they reach out to me because she gets requested by a lot of different people to connect them with me because they have friends or family who want to work in the industry. Yeah, you're a big Italian family from New Jersey. No, no, not, not my family. No, like they're – Friends of hers were like, hey, I want to talk to Chris. Can oh, you help? Right, right. Um, oddly enough, my family actually really isn't that big. Uh, that's that, a side note. That goes against every Italian stereotype from New Jersey that I know. So I'm just not – I'm going to gloss over that I, and I, we're just going to move on. We'll move on. Uh, we'll, leave the, we'll, leave the mirage, we'll leave the mirage there. Um, <laughs> right. But she now tells him, she's like, you better listen to his podcast or read his blog before you contact him because if you do and you'll get eviscerated because he eviscerates you for not being prepared. Are we now scary people? Good. Good. (laughs) Good. Don't, don't waste our time. Like we're, we're not nobody and we're giving you valuable advice. Don't come to me with this absolutely generic. Hey, what can you do for me? Again, what can you do for me mentality is how you got to flip it. And then I will be all in on helping you. I will give you the keys to the castle. But you better not know what the hell makes me tick. At this point, it's pretty easy to find me. Yeah, and you're pretty easy to find. I mean, we're like a big deal podcast. You now. type in the word front office in Google. The first thing that comes off is features. Right. So, That's so, us, buddy. Podcasts, blogs, websites. LinkedIn, I'm there. Don't ask me what my career path was. It's right there. <laughs> ask me something yeah, specifically. I'm, like, yeah, hey, well, tell uh, me about DraftKings. All right, let's talk about DraftKings. Like, so how did you get where you were? Well, then I go like, well, we started the Devils, and then I went over there, and I went to Nesson. I'm like, but this, this is stupid. What is this really doing for you? Yeah, it feels like an uncomfortable conversation. It doesn't like, have to be. And that's the whole point. Be, but that's what it's like. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's forced conversation. The whole point, like and the feedback that you and I get is people like listening to you and I talk because we're just naturally talking to each other. Yeah, and that's right. what that's what you want your interview to be. 
Yeah, that's exactly. You just want to have a conversation. It's almost like you don't want to get to your questions. No. Because you just want to be able to, like, talk through. You might have your bullet points of what we want to talk about, but, like, you just want to, like, I don't know, BS with the person. Like, yeah. Just talk through it. And, look, I get it. You're young. You're sitting there. It's nerve-wracking. You're interviewing with... And you might not be a normal salesperson feeling comfortable having a conversation, but, like... You still, that also goes into the practice, right? Is you've got to practice with somebody is having mock interviews and talking through with talking, you know, walking through this with other people. There's enough people out there that are willing to be your mentor. I can guarantee you that. Guarantee it. Like, I mean, listen, our boy, our, our, our legally, Michael Scott is interviewing with Major League Baseball Advanced Media on Monday. Uh, that guy's a man. Michael and, like, I, Michael and I have never met. You've never met. Nope. You and I have talked to him, texted well, him. I've met Michael Scott, the actor. You know. Oh, know, my the, God. Don't <laughs> I think his name was Steve Do you see Carole. what I'm wearing right now? Do you see what you, I'm wearing right now? a Dunder Mifflin shirt. Yeah, D- right. Dunder Mifflin sweatshirt. Yeah. Do you good. know what that is? I believe it's a paper company. Yeah, there a you go. Mock All right. paper company. We'll I know enough to be dangerous, but I've never seen an episode. Oh, my God. Anyway, so Michael Scott interviewing on Friday. With Major League Baseball Advanced Media, uh, for in the legal department. Uh, so he and I were going back and forth. He's he's like, hey, who, do you know this woman? This woman, by the way, is a mysterious woman. I, I asked our legal counsel. Both people are like, I don't even know who this woman is. <laughs> and she's been with Baseball Advanced Media for ten years. So I don't know what the hell she does. But she's been there like for ten years and or something. Whatever. So, but he's reaching out, getting me to help him. For advice, we've never met. Uh, he doesn't know me anything. I don't know him anything, but I like him a lot, and I'm willing I, to help he's him. He's one of my favorite human beings of right. all time. With the other stuff that we're going through, and he's not interviewing, but he like add. He also adds value for me and you, right? He finds yeah, ways right. to add value. He sends us like stories that might be interesting. The the oh, speaking of, we'll get to that next. I forgot about that. Um, but that's just what it is. Like he's just out working all your asses right now. And he's got the Boston Red Sox legal counsel looking into helping this kid who we've never even met. Yeah. You talked to your, uh, my boy uh, Brian Krinsman too, right? I did talk to Brian Krinsman. Yeah. He helps me a lot with the research when we go into uh, uh, doing the interviews. He made me feel like a celebrity. I, I think I told you. He's like, it was so surreal hearing your voice after I listened to it weekly. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like all right, well, that, that's cool. Um, but that's – oh, this is a transition. We – I, I'm not going to transition. I'll let we still good. What are we talking about? I, you're just going, buddy. You're just going. I'm letting you be. My mind is fried. I, you and I, you know why my mind is fried. I am so fried, so fried, but in a good way. In a very, good, I'm not complaining. It's a very good yeah. fried. You're it's talking about Michael Scott. I transitioned to Krinsman. Oh, the story that Michael sent us about hey, the hey, hey. the ticket sellers from the White Sox. Oh my God, how stupid are you? What the hell are you doing? Recap the story if uh, for people who haven't seen it. So you should post it. I did. Oh, again. We'll do it again. So we'll post it. So the, there was two White Sox ticket sellers, which was caught by the. I think the VP noticed there was this unusual amount of activity on StubHub by a certain seller, a broker, and was like, "This doesn't make any sense. Like, how does this person have this many tickets?" So a red flag went up. They did this investigation. It was found that for years. These two sellers at the White Sox were providing, vou- I think, I guess the White Sox have vouchers for like f- something, free tickets, whatever. 
And they were giving them to that seller who was then selling them on StubHub. And the FBI got involved. And they're Anytime that you're associated with the FBI, not good. Not good. From experience, not good. <laughs> not good. Not good. I've been part of a FBI raid. Not great. Um, <laughs> you want to dive into that? No, that's just want to leave that's that not my Italian family in New Jersey either, by the way. That was my DraftKings days. Uh, so, oh, good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but it, it, it makes you stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So um, anyway. Are you allowed more... to talk about this or no? Uh, yeah, no, I think we can. It was a, yeah, I can talk about it. Um, it was... Do you remember the scandal that brought rocked the industry about the cheating and us, the yeah, DraftKings like employee? Yeah, the... the... Who Fandle won on Fandle. Or the DraftKings guys were like do playing the game and then they were win a bunch of money. So a DraftKings employee won an, a ton of money on FanDuel in one of the contests. It went become this big media storm. ESPN outside the lines was doing deep stories on us every day with Bob Lee and the New York Times front page. This is all rigged, it's all the money, blah, blah, blah. So obviously the FBI is like, well, let's take a look at this. Um, and we're in our offices looking at computers, the whole nine yards. Didn't find anything, which was good because it really wasn't anything to find. It was a completely overblown story. But anyway, but like they came in, like the FBI's with the jackets that say, "Oh, FBI bro, it was crazy." Back. Like the legal department and everything. It was, it, it was, it was an intense times um, about like what was on your computer, what sensitive information, how much documents we had to save. And da, da, da. Yeah, it was. It was like right out of the movies. It was like it wasn't boiler room esque, but it was like. And why am I even referencing a movie? I, to I've you? never seen boiler room. I, you okay. <laughs> Every time I tell you about a movie that I've never seen, we do this during, through Skype, right? So I can see you, and you get so pissed at me. You're in sales. You're I've in sales. Same All thing right. with Wolf of Wall Street. I've never seen Wolf of Wall Street either. I've, I've never seen that either, just because it's three hours, and finding time to watch a three-hour movie nowadays is tough. So I'll give you a pass, but Boiler Room is literally made for someone in sales. you got to watch right, Boiler then. Room. Yeah, I'm it's sure actually an entertaining movie, and uh, you're not going to watch it. Never mind, forget it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, the DraftKings thing—that so. was a crazy, 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 crazy time, and it was all overblown. But and they're obviously doing fine and crushing it. But um, and that, that whole thing was a whole charade of no sports betting, blah blah blah. Now they're the largest sports book in the country. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, and so um. I was just, what the hell were we talking about? The White Sox ticket sales guy. Oh, the White Sox ticket guy. So they were selling these vouchers to StubHub, and they were making, like, millions of dollars. Yeah, embezzling. Embezzling millions of dollars. Not great, Bob. Not great. Not great. Not great. You can't do that and not expect to get fired. Uh, Go to jail. You're going to jail. Yeah, they're going to jail. Not not fired. Jail. I looked him up on LinkedIn because I was trying to figure out, like, what, what age group this was. It looked like people who had been like in the ticket office for like a long time. Do you think they're our age? I think older. Really? Yeah, I think older. Wow, good for them. <laughs> no, nice, not good, uh, no, no, nice no, no, thing, not good for them. The they might be in uh, Guantanamo soon. They might be in Guantanamo. Yeah, not good for them, but uh, uh, good sleuthing on your part, though. Yeah, I'd say so. And by the way, I was at Fenway Park today. You were not. No, I was. No, I t- you told me today you wanted to I wasn't going to be, gonna be but I ended up being there. I was there all Yeah, I was there all day. Well, then I left without seeing you. I was there. I thought you were not there, so... I wasn't going to be... I, I, forgo- I totally forgot about that. That's my bad. That's on That's me. Right. That one's on me. Who are you with? 
we had a budget meeting in the old FSM offices. Your uh, oh, eighty two Brookline, eighty two Brookline. Do you see any rats? Your new offices are unbelievable. By yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty nice. Do you see the old rats? Any old rats? I saw. I saw the, the old scurried across my feet. Wait, what, where in the where in the old offices were you? The conference room? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was... Anyway, I'm sure our listeners love to know the ins and outs of the logistics about a budget <laughs> meeting in the old office space at Fenway Park. Uh, they're all picturing it right now in their minds. They they weren't at Fenway Park today. They weren't. You know what? At the end of the day, you still got to go. Like, hey, we still went to a uh, still got to go to Fenway Park for a uh, for business. Listen, meeting. man, pretty good. I, I tell people all the time: the second that stops getting cool is the second I'm out. It's still the oldest ballpark in America. Still the most historic ballpark in America because the Yankees tore down theirs. Is it the oldest? Is Wrigley older? No. Family Park's the oldest. Huh. All right. Learn something new. I always thought Wrigley was older for some reason. 108 years this year. There you go. There you go. Um, but uh, I'm excited, by the way. Uh, we do have a guest for next week as long as everything goes uh, goes uh, well. Oh, goes well. We've got uh, one of the uh, Sports Business Journal 40 under 40 um, uh, with Zach Leonis um, of uh, Monumental Sports. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a, what you'd call the, the the family, probably a royal family of sports with his dad, right? Uh, yeah. Leonosis with the Washington Capitals. And well, I, how do, I, Leonosis, I'm sorry. I'm, I think I, Leonosis, I, missed yep. the, I missed the syllable. Uh, and you know what, is, you know what is, his dad invented, right? I have no idea. What did his dad invent? Um, not, I'm not... It's America Online. There, he's, he got all his money from America Online. Which, like AOL? Like the, yes. That I'm, AOL? Yes, I'm pretty positive it's that that's where his own money came from. I He could, can't see all my instant messenger away messages from, you know, 1999. Can't. I would imagine they have some stuff from some chat rooms that people would not <laughs> want out from years ago. But Well, anyway, he's like a big VP now with Monumental Sports, the owner of the Capitals and the, uh, and the Wizards. Um so we're talking to him later on this week, uh, and he'll be our guest next week. So I'm pumped to. Uh, I'm pumped. That's to a talk great. To him. That's an amazing guest. And also, I think you should definitely put on the docket because they've been very, uh, I would say, like pioneering in the in the sports betting space. Oh they're, yeah, we'll talk about that. They've been they've been very aggressive in terms of putting locations in their arenas. It's been uh, it's been fascinating to watch what they're doing. I think they're trying to pave the way from a technology on site. They're they're kind of taking the European model a little bit. So. That'll be interesting to see what they he has to say on that. Um, and then he just probably has an absolute fascinating story, and he probably has a ton of stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to uh, I'm anxious to talk with him. You know what you need to get you need to get, get out of him. You need to get out of Ovechkin stories from the cup. Oh, from the cup! I bet they're nuts. <laughs> you got to get Ovechkin stories. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a great idea. But uh, the guys at the National Lacrosse League. Um, uh, when I did uh, my interview with Nick, some of the people that were on the email chain was like, "Hey." Do you want to get with uh, Zach? I was like, yes. Can you make the intro? Made the intro? Done. That's phenomenal. That's a great get. That'll be one of our bigger guests, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Uh, It's great. By the way, you know what else is great? Let's kind of close out this uh, podcast unless something else comes up. January. Biggest January in front office features history. Um, Two of the biggest download days in history. Um, And uh, we killed it in in January. January was a good month. And we just didn't beat it like by a download. We beat it by like, I don't know, 20%. Uh, I think Afghanistan put us over the top. Afghanistan oh, still just drives me freaking crazy <laughs> that more people listen to us in Afghanistan uh, than in Alabama. We got Jamaica too. 
Yaman. Yaman. We went there after um, my uh, Amy and I went to Jamaica after we built the ballpark in Omaha. Where'd you go? Uh, what's o- the Ocho Rios or Montego Bay? Montego Bay. Nice. Montego Bay. We uh, the f- planes flew right over you, but we got this thing where like we had a person like uh, it was like full time concierge, like anything you wanted ever. Yep. I had that. I had that in Jamaica. It was, it was too. a butler. It was a butler. They called it a butler. I had a butler. Like, we yeah, had, we had a butler service. It's crazy. I felt so uh, latida. Yeah, yeah, bougie, little bougie, little, it was little bougie. Very, Robbie. It was v- very bougie, uh, but it was, awesome. it was awesome. Did you like Jamaica? Um, nice to go once. I say the same thing. Yeah, nice to go once. Feel the same way about Key West. Well, we know your thoughts on getting to Key West. Yeah. Don't yeah, get a drive. To, uh, no, um, but yes. Uh, I think it, I could go once. The place that I could go a thousand times is Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii, yes. That's not even a question. Not even, not even a little bit, a little bit harder to get to. More difficult, but I could go a thousand. I actually, times. I, 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 I don't have any vacations on the books right now. I need to, I need to do something. It's, 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 it's giving me heartache that I don't have something to look forward to. But obviously, with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, options are limited. Um, yeah, you are, but you are, you are, you are. A little limited, but gotta get something on the books. Gotta get something on the books. Yeah. You'll figure it out. You got a big year coming up for you there, uh, Mr. Valenti. Uh, hash, yeah, 2020. Uh, my hand, all good. Looking good. Your hand looks great. It's like you're moving around. You going be- to physical therapy? Oh, yeah, physical therapy. People don't believe me. They're like, no, you did not put your hand in a snowblower. I'm like, no. You got so freaking lucky, man. Oh, so lucky. Beyond Can you lucky. snowblow now? It hasn't snowed. No, I did. It snowed, one, it snowed once. I snowblowed. I need video evidence. Uh, it was the one. It was the day. It was the perfect. It was a light, fluffy snow. This is now we're oh, people are, again. People are gonna love this conversation. <laughs> light, fluffy snow. My snowblower got right through the snow. Uh, it was great. It, it, uh, well, good. I'm glad. Hopefully, uh, next week we have some really good stuff to talk about. I'm hoping that. Hey, you know, you know what I'm referencing. I I know what you're. Referencing. I'm saying not that now that we didn't talk about really good stuff tonight. I'm saying. Hopefully, what I think is going to happen between now and next week, we'll have a really good conversation to dive deep into a real life scenario that how it played out. And I'm anxious. People will probably find it from compelling content. It's all about the content. That's why I'm dragging these negotiations out. Good, good. Thanks. You're just doing it for the podcast. Just for the podcast. All right. Well, um, on that note, um, I'll talk to you later. Later. See you.